Hello, and welcome to Canada Reads American Style. I'm Shauna. And I'm Rebecca. Today, what we wanted to do, Shauna and I, was to really sort of wrap up Canada Reads. This is the first year that we've had a better way to engage with people and talk about it. And so we thought it would be a good idea now that it's over and we have a little perspective to kind of do a wrap up. Yes, because this year was a doozy. <laughs> yeah. So I think I'm probably going to start because I'm the one who I just spent some time going over, watching, rewatching the first two episodes. I think in episode three and four, everybody pretty much played nice. But in episodes one and two, as we all know, things kind of went a little sideways. And so this is obviously my opinion. It means absolutely nothing in the greater picture of the world, but I still felt compelled to say a few things, and I'm sure Shauna will feel the same way. So the first thing I want to start out with is to say that I don't think it was a male versus female debate. And I know in the online world, there were a lot of really uh, tough comments made, and people were really critical in so many ways. And one of the things I learned, because I am, I think I've probably said this before online that, uh, or on our podcast, that I'm a reactive person. So I reacted. And I'm, to be honest with you, I'm not even sure what I said last week at all. I really don't remember. But going back and rewatching it with sort of knowing what's, how it's going to play out and really trying to watch the dynamic of the discussion. Here are a few things that I have come away with. I think all five of them misbehaved. And I'm just going to go through it a little bit, and then I'm going to explain why I say they misbehaved, which is an old phrase that a friend of mine used to always use. But when the program opened up, it was kind of funny because Amanda, right off the bat, said, Here's to a peaceful debate. And I thought, in retrospect, I was like, wow, it's interesting that she wanted it to be peaceful. And then the thing that I think sort of started the downward trajectory was when I think the radicalized, radicalized was mentioned. And then Allie even said to her, oh, well, you giggled. What, you know, what, are you, what do you want to say? And then she said, I completely disagree. And that was said in such, and I'm going to say a condescending way, because again, watching it back with no agenda, just trying to watch everybody and how they reacted to each other. It's the way I felt when I saw it. I thought, wow, that was really condescending. Because if somebody had said to her that same thing about we have always been here, there's no way it wouldn't have triggered her, which is my greater point, which I'll make in a minute. All right. So then the next thing that happened that I sort of made a note about is she also then said, when she wrapped up her review of Radicalized, she said, I was very disappointed with having to put my eyes on this book. I am done. And I thought, again, and, and don't get me wrong, I'm like, I'm, a, again, a reactive person. I have had to apologize to many people in my life for saying things I shouldn't have said. And I thought to myself, just the way she said it, again, shut down any conversation. 
it, it would have shut me down. And I have a lot of friends who are, especially as book friends, they're kind of quieter people. And I think that would have definitely shut them down. Okay, next thing that happened in, in my note taking and going over it is Akil at one point, shortly after that, said he something about, you know, you're judging Cory Doctorow for being a man. And his voice sort of went up at the end of that statement. And then what happened is, I think that's when Akil started to get on the defensive. And then his language started to break down a little bit, right? He said some things that he probably shouldn't have said because, again, now it's like the game's on, right? Are you staying with me, Shauna, on this? <laughs> I want to make sure. Oh, yeah. Well, and Akil is, you know, he's from that sports world, and he really knows how to play defense and offense. I am completely understanding the picture that you're painting. Okay, good. Because then the next thing he said, again, now – this is just jumping, but he said, I'm sorry the man who wrote my book is a white man. If you want to hold that against him, fine. And I thought, okay, Akil, that was pretty hostile to say. And again, it keeps that whole dynamic sort of ratcheted up. Then right after that is when Elena said, if your main argument against a book, which was small game hunting, obviously, is you don't like how the men were portrayed, you need to ask yourself. If you think the men were evil, you need to question why that makes you uncomfortable. Why did that challenge you? And now this is the point at which I know what she meant, I'm sure. I think we all understand that, which is anytime any of us get triggered, I think the most important thing we can do is to look at ourselves and say, oh, why, why did that trigger me? But that's for me to determine that. That's for me to look inward and say, wow, in retrospect, that triggered me. If someone tells me you need to check yourself, why did that trigger you? Okay, what? where else am I going to go but be on the defensive? Okay, so now we have Amanda, Akil, and Elena all sort of ratcheting this thing up. Akil said, if I came out and said, I don't want to hear from an angry woman or angry Muslim, he said, this isn't going to fly, right? So now he's punching back a little bit. The next thing is when Amanda said to him, said to Akil, I think you're the one who's triggered. Because he said something about, being, about triggering somebody or something. And he, she said, I think you're the one being triggered. And she smiled at him. And again, looking at the bigger picture of how they all interacted with each other, I thought, Again, Amanda, I'm pretty sure if someone said that to you and smiled at you in that same way, you wouldn't like it. It was offensive. And then later on, she ends up saying to him, are you okay? And I had said it earlier in our live, uh, live stream. I said, that's one of my triggers. If somebody asks me if I'm okay, yeah, I'm going through the roof. So again, that's not the fault of the person asking me. That's my fault because I, I have some issues perhaps, which again, I'm going to Believe it or not, there's a whole point to this, and I'll wrap it up in a second here. I do want to mention that Dio's comment about From the Ashes being, what was it again? What did she say? Trauma porn. That's what it was. When she said trauma porn, I thought, you know, that was really, again, she absolutely has the right to her opinion, and all of them do. 
But when she said that, I thought, you know, in retrospect, watching back, I thought, you know, everyone who knows Jesse and all of us who know him peripherally just through watching him online and he's interacted with so many of us and so many book groups and he's just been so approachable and, and Lucy, his wife has just been so phenomenal. I thought you're not saying that about a character in a book, a fiction, right? Fictional title. You're saying that about a man's life. And that was really unfortunate. So at this point, as I'm watching the first two episodes, I thought, you know, all five of them. Oh, and then, well, let me go, go back. George's was the girls, girls, girls comment, of course, <laughs> which he got, you know, roasted for that. All five of them made mistakes. Now, I'm going to let you weigh in, and then I'll ask. Then I'll ask my question, Shauna. But how how are you feeling about what I'm saying so far? I think I have to agree because you know we have discussed this in varying formats over the last week, and the interesting part that I am taking away from this is that. George and Dio actually apologize for their comments, whereas I don't remember hearing any apologies from the others in regards to some of their behaviors. You're right. That You're right. The internet kind of blew things out of proportion in regards to having the actual debate, which we already know the online community the first two days, people were not happy because they weren't talking about the books. They were then talking about societal norms on top of the books. Does that make sense? Yeah. It, yeah, because definitely day three and four, they absolutely focused on the books. So yeah, it was, an, it was a huge difference between days one and two and days three and four. So I agree with you. Shauna, I think the difference between a debate and a reality radio program that we get to watch online, that's the thing. Were we trying to have an intellectual debate? Were we trying to slog in the mud? Were we trying to just make good radio or TV or whatever? What was the point? What is the point of Canada Reads in that sense? Because I've only, this is only my fourth year watching, and I've seen three, let's see, of the four, two of them had uncomfortable moments, and two of them were pretty nice. Like last year was a joy. It really was because everybody respectfully debated their books, and it was a, it was, it was just a great conversation back and forth. And it's the thing that we love as book, as book lovers, as readers. There's nothing we love more than talking about books to, with other people, listening to people talk about books, and just immersing ourselves in that whole world. But what we ended up with was something that felt ugly in the moment, but then going back and looking at it, I thought, yeah, okay, I, I see now some critical errors were made from my perspective, and I want to talk about those errors. That's the, that's the sort of second part of this. Shauna and I live in the United States. And as many of you know, we have a huge political divide in this country. It's not just Republican, Democrat. It's now, well, maybe it mostly falls along those lines. I don't know. But there is the Black Lives Matter movement, which is so critical. It is the history of how we've treated um, our Native Americans, or actually it was their country first, but how they've been treated in this country. It's 
so many things that divide us and it's exhausting. And the worst thing is, is that now online, everybody has an opinion. And one of my dreams that I pray for, I really do, I'm not kidding. Well, not literally pray for, but hope happens is I would love all public comments to just be shut off. Like all social media, I would just like them to shut all the comments off because I've read the most heinous, awful things that people have said to each other online. And it, it it's horrible. Like, I don't want to live in a world where I'm going to tear someone down because they don't agree with me. What I want to do is be great. I don't even want to do political debates with people. I don't, I, you can't go there anymore. And when I was in my first point at where I got to vote, you could have debates back then. It was really kind of fun, but you can't do that anymore. And so that's what happened with Canada Reads, in my opinion. At the end of the day, I really strongly believe in if we're going to get anywhere as a society, we have to listen to each other. Right now, in my opinion, it's important for white people, which I get the irony of two white women sitting here talking about all this. <laughs> but as white people, we need to listen more. And that's one of the issues is that our conservative brothers and sisters in America, the white ones, uh, don't want to listen, right? They don't agree with anything that the liberal ones might be saying. But this example was a very small showing to us of what can go wrong. And so I don't believe in the, I'm going to get in your face and I'm going to yell louder, or I'm going to insult you, or I'm going to just misbehave to make my point. Because, at the, because I want you to come along. I want you to agree with me. I want you to think that this book, I thought the best person who made the best argument through the four days was Elena Fender. Her defense of small game hunting made me want to reread that book, made me want to put that book into everyone's hands. But at the end of the day, it's not necessarily a book for everyone because it's a tough read. And that's the other thing. So many people online talked about how hard it was to read and they gave up. The same thing with so many people loved from the ashes. Overwhelmingly, they had a little vote of, or at the end of Canada Reads and CBC put it up on their Facebook page, and people overwhelmingly voted for From the Ashes. So what we ended up with were people who didn't listen to each other, but people who talked at each other. And I absolutely believe every voice is valuable, even the jerk-ass racists in this country that I live in. Their voices are important, and they're important because if we don't hear what they're saying, we can't fix it. That is my point. I don't think it was male versus female. I think they all misbehaved. I think we all need to be nicer to each other, and we need to listen. And I don't mean this in a la-di-da way. I'm not talking about, like in Black Lives Matter, the whole thing with the, you know, the police and all that, I'm not saying, oh, we should just listen to each other and we'll skip happily ever after. But I am saying in a situation for a, a competition like this, which is, which is what brings readers together, we should walk away like we did last year saying, shit, that rocked. Like that was an awesome debate. And that's not what we got this year. And I'm sad because when I saw the final wrap up from Amanda in her her post on her Instagram page, that made me sad. And I shared it with a good friend of mine who 
is African-American. And we've had a lot of really great conversations over for over the last some, like six months over all this stuff going on. And um, I mean, we've been friends for a long time, but I'm just saying the last six months, certainly with all the stuff going on, the pandemic and Black Lives Matter, et cetera. And, you know, she, I sent all this to her and kind of said, what's your take on it? And she said, I kind of agree with you and we need to talk about it, which we will even more so. So anyway, that's my long-winded point, and I apologize for everyone who, whether you're whether you stuck with this or not, but I want to give Shauna a chance to respond and see how she feels, because we haven't really talked about how we felt about the whole thing. Yeah, that's true, because, you know, we were so excited this year because we were going to be at the taping on the first, on the first day of the competition, and I can only imagine how horrible I would have felt if we were actually there and what occurred did occur. I don't think, because we had some plans to do dinner and walk around Toronto and, you know, do all these cool travel things. And I think if we would have went to the taping of Canada Reads that morning, we wouldn't have felt like we wanted to do anything exciting or fun. And, and with the whole aspect of the pandemic, it was just like, one one of the great things I think that came out of it is I feel more people were able to engage and read the actual shortlist in preparing for viewing or listening to the competition. But then there's no word from CBC about if it was going to happen. And it was even, people weren't even asking when, they were just saying if, and still no communication from CBC until maybe a couple of weeks before, was it three weeks or f three or four weeks before it was actually going to happen. And that's when Rebecca and I had met the three women that we worked with uh, last week. And we were going to do our own competition where we were going to defend the books ourselves. And that literally the day after we had the meeting with everybody, that's when they announced <laughs> that they were right, that they were going to actually do Canada Reads. So we were like, okay, we need to change the way that we want to approach participating in Canada Reads this year. Because last year, Rebecca and I did it all ourselves. We did it in her office. <laughs> and, uh, Right? That's right. We would do recaps right after mm -hmm. uh, on our Facebook channel. And then we just maintain everything through there. And then don't forget, guys, we just started this podcast in October of 2019. And uh, thanks so much. We already have 2,000 downloads on over 40 episodes. So that's amazing. But I digress. Thank you. But thank you. Yeah, I agree. Thank you the announcement of the actual competition seemed rushed. And so when it finally came to the app actual competition and the emotion and I am, I, I don't know if it's the millennial in me or not, but I don't necessarily pay attention to comments. Uh, I'm not a participator in online, I guess, things in that way. So when I was hearing the th other three women and Rebecca chatting about this, I was like, you know, I don't even want to waste my 
mind space or not waste my mind space. I think that's a good way to say it. Okay. On having to sift through all of that content when it was like, wow, this competition is so different than what we experienced last year. You know, we went through and did our live YouTube thing, a recap with, we were fortunate to get Ali Hassan and Akil Augustine and George Canyon to join us. And, oh, and Elena Fender. Being able to piece all that stuff together was new for us this year. And to me, as the person who kind of takes care of all of our technology and, and putting the pieces together, make sure everybody's mics are working, their videos are working, that we can hear and that everybody has the link on time. And then Rebecca doing all the contacting to, you know, uh, we would come up with questions every day and getting the defenders to join us. So, I mean, we, we spent a lot of time putting a, pieces together so that we could communicate with our audience, you guys, to kind of go through the whole Canada Reads because we had so much fun doing it last year, the two of us. And now we're like, oh, we have three more great minds. And it kind of, it just fell flat because most of the time we were discussing the behavior of the defenders instead of the books and I can't even like last year I was 100% sold on the book that was going to win and it made it to the top two and I was like yes this is this is the book and then this year the one I decided to champion I don't feel it got enough of a even I don't even feel like it got enough of a voice to be considered defendant in the competition. Well, I'm sorry. I, I just want to jump in for a second and say, at the end of the day, the first two days were just sort of unpleasant to watch. And even though some good points were made, the focus wasn't on the book. So I feel like From the Ashes definitely didn't get enough attention. And interestingly, nobody had really any true criticism of We Have Always Been Here. And yet, you know, there are criticisms of the book. I mean, there were a few. I'm not saying that, you know, but overall, the attention wasn't on just debating the books. It became personal. It became unpleasant. And it triggered so much online stuff that to me, I I don't know. I, and, and I will say, too, that being able to go back and rewatch the first two episodes and try to keep a very open mind and just look at the emotion that like when certain things triggered somebody or when the emotion kind of ratcheted up, I have a different perspective of it because in the moment I really felt that it was, I thought, you know, I think it might be male versus female. I, maybe they, maybe the women, you know, because again, at the end of the day, it's a competition. It's a reality show competition. So I thought maybe they did have an alliance. I'm not so sure I believe that after dispassionately watching the first two episodes, but what I hope doesn't happen in the future is that it it becomes personal like it did this time. It just, it doesn't serve us well at all. And no one is listening to each other when we're on the defensive. Right. Well, and one of the things that we 
think that CBC should potentially consider is the people who watch and engage in Canada Reads already know about the books. We already know about the five books on the shortlist. We don't need a recap of what it is. Uh, you know, we don't need a million voiceovers of the authors. A lot of that promo stuff can be aired way before the event to get people interested and in intrigued and and shown what's occurring in the books. And then take that 15 minutes of content where you're just rehashing what the book is about and put actual discussion points in so that when you're talking about five books on the first day, each one is getting enough airtime for their defense. When you're at your last two books and you're getting 30 minutes per book, basically, let's, let's say 20, book, 20 minutes per book, you're still not getting enough defense for the other three that were. I think, yeah, I think you make a really good point. And I, and I agree with you. If they would stop doing all the promos, they would have more time to defend, I mean, to, to talk about the books, because that is what all of us as book, book nerds want. A hundred percent. We want to hear them talk about, you know, I think about all the parts of Jesse's story, because I'm going to keep hitting that one since that one should have won. But all those pieces of Jesse's story that were hard to listen to, you know, the parts where he failed, people would reach out and he failed to be able to restart reintroducing himself to Lucy and that whole thing. All of those little pieces of those little stories that made up his whole story None of it was talked about. And I do feel like some books got really short shrift. And so if we could have more time to talk about it and, or the defenders, and I think if you're really going to do this thing, because it is pretty amazing, I think, and maybe they do this and I don't know, this would be a great question to ask them, but do they give the defenders like a cheat sheet or a study sheet on how to prepare because I sort of feel like there's a really big difference between being someone who loves to read and reads a lot of books and even does like these, like what we do where we talk about it and then defend it. Because I'll tell you right now, I could never be in a competition to defend a book. I would forget everything. I'd have to have a lot of notes. I wouldn't be very good at it. And I think maybe the defenders, if they had, and maybe they do get all that support. I don't know. But if they got that support, maybe they would feel more comfortable. Maybe it wouldn't have to devolve into this, these personal opinions that, that are the way of the world now. And that's the thing. It's how we communicate with each other. And it's, this, it's sad. So maybe we could, they could be coached to prepare in a different way. And, I, and again, I don't know if they do or not. I don't know. So one critical point that I thought about in watching back the first two episodes is how afraid we've become to speak our mind. And again, I believe it needs to be respectful, respectful communication. But, and, and this is a really tough subject to talk about because again, we're talking, and I really, from my heart, sincerely believe this, 
but there it white privilege comes into play. I've always had the ability to have my voice heard for the most part. But, and I don't, I sincerely do not ever want to limit someone else's ability to speak. That's one of the reasons I keep making that point that we need to listen more. As I said, white people really need to listen. But, and I read this sometimes online when people of color, uh, BIPOC, talk about, we're going to call you out. And I think, okay, great. Because I really do. If I screw something up, if I say something offensive, I I do sincerely want to learn from my mistakes. And I want you to tell me what it is. But honestly, and I know even saying this isn't going to go over well, but even saying it, having someone tell it to me, if they say it in a way that puts me on the defensive or I end up on the defensive, I, I'm afraid that's when I don't get the right message. And I truly, sincerely want to get the right message. So I just feel like we need to be more tolerant of other people's voices to give people a chance to say what they need to say. Because there are lots of times when I, Sean and I talk about this, where maybe we don't say something because we say, yikes, we don't want to get called out on social media and have 5,000. And, and then we laugh and say, oh my God, we don't want to go viral for that reason. Cause that's not, we might be misunderstood. So we're more careful about what we say. And I think that she and I are both pretty respectful people. I mean, yeah, she dogged, you know, the book Brother last year pretty hard. <laughs> but I mean, overall, <laughs> and I hate romances, so I get it. You know, we're going to we're going to be opinionated people, but I think we're still nice res respectful people. I I like to think. And so we would never say something intentional, but you have to be so careful now, don't you think? You do. And, you know, if you if you don't know you've done something wrong or you don't know that you have accidentally offended someone and they're not telling you, then you have no way of being able to rectify that person's opinion of you. And especially if it's just one of those first time impressions and you accidentally do one thing that rubs somebody the wrong way and you've lost that ability. That's why it's so important to be open-minded and respectful and listening and not keeping holding grudges about one certain thing. Yeah. And in fact, you know, with uh, Larissa, Jolene and Sarah, I had made a comment. We talked after our live feed, I had made a comment that they called me out on. And at first I was like, oh, hell no, man. I meant what I said. And then I thought about it later and I thought, no, they were right. And I walked it back and I'm okay with trying to be aware of who I am and what I say and how my words affect others. So I, I'm okay with being called out, but I just think there's, you know, online, especially people just, they go right for the throat right away. And you just think, okay, well now where am I supposed to go with that? You've called me every bad name you can call me, or you've tried to humiliate me online because I don't know, do people think they get points for that? I, I don't really understand that. And I also understand, don't get me wrong. I understand the other side of it, which is say, for example, BIPOC are saying, listen, we've tried to tell you people for hundreds of years and you haven't listened to us. So screw you. We don't need to say it to you in a a nice, friendly way. And I understand that perspective too. I really do. I just think 
I would rather, I've always said this. In fact, Sean and I talked about this today uh, about an unrelated thing. Tell me what you need to tell me. Because if you don't tell me and I don't know, we both lose in that equation. So tell me the truth. Say it in a way that encourages dialogue, conversation, and I'm good to go. I really am. But if you lie to me, if you try to call me out, if you try to humiliate me, do those things, I don't know. I may not hear that message and I want to hear the message. I just want to say this. If we want to really, truly get along in this world, we have to listen to each other. We have to listen first, talk later, and truly be respectful and think about if someone said that same thing to me that I just said to them, would that, is that, is that okay? And if I feel like, yikes, I don't want to hear that from somebody else, that would hurt my feelings or that would put me on the defensive, then don't say it. It's really critical. We just need to be better. And I think I will follow up with that. I 100% agree with everything that Rebecca stated in her closing remark there. But uh, <laughs> the thing that I really want to take away from Canada Reads this year is I think Rebecca and I did something wonderful in getting the Larissa, Sarah, and Jolene to participate in doing the YouTube live for us. And I hope that next year, which is only like four months away, we can do something similar and be more comfortable with the way it's going to work. So I'm excited for that part since Rebecca's content and I'm tech, you know? Yeah. And, and I just want to agree a hundred percent that we cannot thank those three women any more than we've kind of thanked them so many times, but we, we mean it heartfelt every single time because I think we did a great job overall. You know, we got a shout out on day two which was a, or the like the very beginning before they went live, they, they did a little shout out for Canada Reads American Style, which I was gobsmacked. And Sean and I kind of missed it right at the beginning. So our social media sort of blew up. People started saying, oh my gosh, you guys got mentioned. And I was like, what? What are you talking about? And so that was an amazing thing. And that was Akil and Allie doing that for us, which we really appreciate. So we have more listeners, which which is great because that is one of the reasons we do this. I mean, honestly, one of the reasons we do it is because I dragged Shauna into it and just wanted to talk books with somebody. And so I appreciate that she said, yeah, well, I made her do it. But anyway, but it's so nice to have, you know, people kind of following along with our um, our adventure. And so, yes, the, the three women, uh, Larissa, Sarah, and Jolene have just been the our best new Canadian friends. And we just love them for that. And with that, uh, we will be going into a lighter subject in regards to <laughs> what our end of the year project is going to be. So last year, Rebecca and I, uh, we did Canada Reads and then we decided to read the long list. I'm like, yeah, this is great. And then we realized that like all of the books had to go with the theme and they're not the happiest of titles. So this year we are doing something different and with Canada Reads happening a little later in the year, this actually works out really well for us. 
and Rebecca is being very gracious and I owe you. That's why I owe you. <laughs> and is letting us read some romance and some comedy books for the rest of the year to just not have to read such dark and prolific items. <laughs> this new segment is going to be called Giggles and Kisses. If you want to read along with us, we are going to start with The Red Chesterfield by Wayne Arthurson in August, and then we will read a couple of romances and a couple of comedies. So the first romance we're going to read is Aisha at Last by Aisha Shamsi. And the next romance will be The Switch by Lindsay Sands. And the next comedy is Woefield Poultry Collective by Susan Juby. And Rebecca, what's that last one that we were going to do? I posted about recommendations for humorous Canadian nonfiction. And we got some great responses. So we are going to pick one of those books that somebody recommended. I've been looking at them and they're, they look fabulous. So we'll be reading one of those. And I just want to mention too that Aisha at last is one that most of you or many of you may be aware of because it got a lot of notice recently. The other one is actually Shauna has a bunch of books on her shelf at home and she wants to read through them all before she moves. And that is one of the titles that she's had. So I think it was published in like 1901. <laughs> <laughs> it's a historical romance, which if any of you have followed along at all, know that I don't like romance, but I really believe it's my way of saying thank you to Shauna for taking this journey with me because I am the one who sort of started it and sort of forced her to play along. But but she loves the tech tech side of it. So then that's why she has uh, hopefully uh, been part of the project. So I do get some benefit out of it. Yeah, what. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm not exactly. like... She does, Rebecca doesn't hog tie me to a chair and say, <laughs> you do this all the time. No. Uh, and I'm sure you guys have heard tons of times uh, where I talk about the tech part. And, you know, I'm, I've just learned so much and I've, I've put so much time and effort into all of this so that we can provide awesome stuff for you guys can, to listen to. So. Yeah. And, and I just want to say, so that's why we'll be reading romance. I'll be reading them. Join us on that because I'm going to be honest about what I think. So, <laughs> and I'm going to be open-minded about the two romances that I will be reading. And then the humor, I think will be, I, I know I will just love them to death. I think that's really great. So, yeah. So we're really excited about this upcoming through the rest of this year. And then we'll be ready again next year for Canada Reads 21. Thanks for listening. If you would like us to continue providing great content like this, Please like, share, comment, subscribe, and tell all your friends about Canada Reads American Style. Bye!